This is Michael Moroni, and I'd like to welcome you to the third episode of Transformative Teaching presented by Facet at IU. Good job. And I am Katie Metz, also Katie Metz co-hosting is hosting Transformative Teaching in our third episode of Facet at IU. And we're really <laughs> excited today to welcome our guest. Michael, I'll let you introduce her. Jong Il Cho. Welcome to the podcast, and we're really excited to talk to you. Jong Il is a uh, faculty member at Purdue, Force, Purdue Fort Wayne and a member of the FACET class of 2021. So you've been in FACET now for about six or seven months. And uh, what are some of the things you've already jumped in and started doing with FACET? Oh, started doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the FACET um, planning committee for the upcoming yeah, the retreat in June 2022. Yeah. Right. And Next so month. I'm well, starting, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm starting to be also be kinder than before to people. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I really do believe just people who are good teachers are so kind. They are caring people and they are working so hard. So I thought, yeah, I should better be working even harder. Well, I like kindness. <laughs> we all do, right? Yeah, that's such a good intro to this too. It is. I, I have to say, I so you know, getting ready for this, I was out looking on the web just to learn a little bit more more about you, and I stumbled upon this uh, featured faculty for teaching excellence award that you actually received this month. I think it was um, well, or you received it in March, and I was reading about the award, and some words jumped out from this description. They say, this is a word to faculty who stoke students' curiosity. I thought that was really interesting wording because um, you know I'm sitting here thinking about uh, fires and how you're poking the fire to, 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 to make it uh, get hotter and brighter and um, make the flames grow. And so I wanna ask you, how do you do this? How do you stoke your students' curiosity? <laughs> I think one thing about teaching, yes, there are all kinds of content and activities and exams and evaluations. Wow, so much distraction out there. But I do believe the most important thing when it comes with the teaching is enthusiasm. And then faculty members, the instructors, enthusiasm and passion for teaching absolutely inspire students to be more curious wanting to learn more and wanting to be better future teachers. I love that. Um, and I think one thing that's really important that I've noticed in your um, teaching and research publications, presentations, is this idea of helping our students through adaptation. So um, you talk specifically about special education, college students with disabilities, but just this this approach where we can we can be more flexible and have an adaptable learning environment. That's something I think that is really important right now in educate in higher education in particular. And I'm I just I'm really curious to talk with you more about how you became interested in this subject and, and how that's facilitated your approach to teaching in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I do believe a faculty position, a teaching position is a helping professional. And when you help other people, it's not so simply because of the materials help people or only specifically uh, 
better classroom design is a good help for students. It's, it's more holistic when it comes to the good teaching and adapting teaching environment. Social emotional environment should be involved and good teaching materials absolutely should be involved, but also physical environment and behavioral environment and evaluation. There are so many components a good teaching should be involving, but often, yeah, especially maybe inexperienced new faculty might be focusing on just, just knowledge just delivering this knowledge alone. No, no, no. Teaching is more than that. You need to show you care for student learning. And also you need to help a student to respect each other in the class. So having a positive social emotional environment is so important from the beginning. And then once there is a strong trust between faculty and student, and also trust and care between student and I mean, among students, then finally, us te our teaching and learning are really happening there. So I do believe that teaching is very complicated. But some people outside university and schools are saying, oh, professors and teachers are doing the same thing over and over and again, just teaching that material. No, no, no. It's more than that. We create all kinds of possible, positive, risk-free learning environment to students with good quality of materials and also yeah, providing support. I, just, so I, I'm one, one of the words, I mean, you just said a lot of things that I think are super interesting, but one word that really jumped out to me was the word trust. And I mean, just the idea of trust is a very complicated concept and it means different things and in, in different places or all around the world um so i'm kind of curious how you interpret uh trust uh in in your class and how do you know that this has happened that you have a trust and trust-filled environment wow that's a that's a good question and big question i think trust is felt by student and by faculty by practicing human decency. So human decency is including hardworking, caring, and kind behaviors to each other. As we are practicing those basic common human decency, then a trust can be formed right there. If we don't care each other, if we don't put our best effort in creating a positive, meaningful class, then how can you really trust? It sounds, it sounds to me like you're talking about ca your character. Uh, your character as an instructor is kind of, um, at the, kind of at the heart of establishing trust. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's so important. All, all the time, I'm trying to do, not just to students, but staff members and to other faculty members, anyone I yeah, meet, I, I try my best to not to waste their time, energy, and money, and just to show my honest yeah, attitude toward them and his honest behavior and honest language to them. Yeah, just, and then I believe just, next thing that's learning really happens 
So how did you get to this point? How did you, a lot of the people who will be listening to this podcast, a lot of um, FACET members or upcoming FACET members are, are kind of new to this. I'm, I'm one of them. How did you get here? What, what inspired you to, to engage in this profession at all and to have this mentality of, of this trust and caring environment? So how did I become a teacher-ish? Yeah, if, right. you want to, if you want to frame it that way, yeah. sure. What was your, what's your origin life, story? <laughs> all my life, I was wanting to be a teacher. So when I first came to the elementary school, I was thinking, wow, my kindergarten teacher was amazing. And then I went to the first grade. I thought, my goodness, my first grade teacher was the best. And then it went on and on and on. And then in high school, I thought, absolutely high school teachers were the best and then i loved history so i thought i was wanting to be a history and then i went to college and i majored in history and minored in education when i was working with my professors i thought wow my professors were are the best i was wanting to be a professor and then i studied abroad here and i changed my major to special education from history because i was wanting to study something special and still wanted to stay in education so special education in a very explicit way a very logical major i was wanting to study so yeah all my life i love my teachers and i have been having so many inspirational teachers and I really wish, wish, at least I don't damage <laughs> my students' desire to be good teachers. Do you have a teacher that really stands out as being very motivational for you? Yeah, I actually have three amazing professors from my doctoral program and also from my first workplace, Idaho State University. That was my first place I started as a faculty. But those two professors at the University of Iowa, those are Dr. Gary Sasso, who later became a dean at Lehigh University. He's now retired. And the second professor is Dr. Alexandra Trout. She's a research professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln now. Both of them were simply very hardworking professors and very honest. So Dr. Gary Sasso, yeah, just there was one day I was in the teaching assistant room and we were talking about how hard teaching was and he stopped by, he was listening to us and then he shared his story, his honest story about his first job at the University of Northern Colorado. He said for every single lesson, he created a script and then he practiced that script for his lesson, he said he even prepared for a joke, wrote down that joke he was going to say and when exactly he was going to use that joke. So he inspired us to prepare a script and practice. And Dr. Alexandra Trout was another very inspirational person to me. Whenever I feel like, wow, I'm tired of preparing this class when I have a manuscript waiting right there. And then I think of her she was a newly hired assistant professor when I was a doctoral student at the University of Iowa. She was highly capable, very smart, and highly recommended professor. How do I know that? I was on a search committee 
when she was hired. At that time, at the University of Iowa, we decided to have at least one doctoral student on the search committee, and it was me at that time. What a pressure. It was not an easy committee to serve. So she was hired at that time, and after she was, no wonder she was hired. She was amazing. So after she was hired, one day I was walking toward the College of Education building, and I saw her from the distance. She was having some kind of handout, and she was just verbally practicing. So I was automatically thinking, oh, she was practicing maybe her research presentation for a conference. So I came closer to her, and I asked her, are you preparing for a co uh, conference presentation? No, she looked into my eyes, really kind, just I gazed and she told me, no, I'm, I'm working on, I'm preparing my class that will happen that night. And she was very honest about that, how much effort she was making to prepare for her class. So whenever teaching comes not that simple and easy, and I think of them and thinking, wow, such amazing, kind, smart, highly respected professors were working that hard on top of their research duty for teaching. They were working so hard. And then who am I? I should better be working very hard so I don't waste my students' time and money. <laughs> um, you've talked a lot about things that inspired you, good things about teaching. And I think it's worth mentioning because we're talking about a transformative teaching. What are some obstacles you've you've experienced in your teaching career? I'm going to leave this one open because you, it sounds like you've had a fantastic journey from um, your PhD mentors through what you're doing right now with special education and systematic development of positive learning environments. But but what are some obstacles that you have faced or, or that you have experienced in your teaching journey? Yeah, so I can only do so much, right? I cannot control every single thing my student is doing. So when I have students who have significantly negative attitude toward everything in the class, that's certainly a challenge. Usually at the beginning of the semester, I do tell students this, positive attitude is impressively contagious. However, the negative attitude is even, even more contagious. So we all need to watch out what we are saying and how we interact with each other and respect each other. But still having those seriously negative students is not always preventable. Mm -hmm. So in fact, I, in, I remember exactly that semester in spring 2018. I usually have a good student, always friendly and make their honest effort to get good grades. I, I love my students. They are really working so hard. But that semester, from the beginning, I had a couple of students who were resisting to everything and so not happy with the attendance policy I had and the assignment submission policies I had. And I was just simply not happy. And I bet my students in the class were all not happy because of those two students, and also maybe because of my not that effective response to those students. 
I bet I'm not saying my response was always that super thoughtful. I, I have to admit because the students did say so, those highly negative students. Anyway, but I'm a human being. When students are openly criticizing the class, I became a little bit defensive. I admit that. But I conducted the mid-semester evaluation just like I did before. And wow, the words some of the students used in the student evaluation, yeah, spring 2018. So negative, so hostile, so inappropriate. I have not seen those negative words even on TV. <laughs> Just so negative, so unimaginable. <laughs> but what I did was previously when I was when I was conducting a mid-semester evaluation and sharing the result with the student, I usually paraphrase and only pick out some keywords. Student did say I was well prepared and preparation, organization quality of material. I, I just did those. This time I decided to show every single just raw data wow. to students. So, so I summarized everything saying, oh, about the class students said five students agreed, two students disagreed. Students, when they agreed, they said exactly this. When they disagreed, exactly this. I put all those words on the screen in front of the class. I showed it to students, gave students some time. I could see from student faces, they were just having their mouths open so shocked. They were <laughs> oh looking God. at wow. those words and looking at me. And, and then we had nice discussion. The discussion was not easy or simple, but I was really wanting the whole class to know what we are all thinking about this class and where we were and how we could go better from there. And, and so how did that go? I mean, that, that, that's, uh, I, that could go in either direction. <laughs> no, so those highly negative comments students who made, as you can guess, they did not necessarily come out because those words were so bad. I, like I said, I don't even see those on TV. <laughs> it's so bad, how creative. Such, such creative, creative negative comments but but they did express some concerns said saying my my attendance policies were too strict my assignment submission policies were too strict basically they did not like me to be that strict on their attendance and on their assignment but that, those two things i could not give up so i continued to keep them but I provided more extended office hours and I frequently ask a student more often, what kind of support could I provide? Did I receive a good student evaluation that semester? Not really. I usually get student evaluations closer to out of five, 4.5 to five, but that time it was right above three. Still it was okay. I, I thought, the final score turned out to be better. And there were multiple students who, who were very supportive via email. And also even on the campus, when I met them, they were wanting to talk to me about that 
very negative comments and were very kind to me. It sounds like context and transparency are really important in those sorts of situations. And the first word that came to my mind when you were telling the story was brave. I don't know if I would have been brave enough to to put myself out there like that, but what an interesting and productive exercise for you just to acknowledge that um, that you needed a change in the environment and, and just to see how that worked for you. Wow, that, that's fantastic. It, it's so interesting. I mean, we've all had those nightmare classes, right? Um, through, through the you years. I mean, everybody, right everybody yeah, I'm totally, mine right now. totally. I can picture the, I can picture the, the, the few students who are, who were like that, like you're describing. And um, those, those semesters stick with you. So um, you're obviously doing great. I mean, you just got a, got into facet. You got a teaching award just, just last month. Um, so this speaks to a certain amount of resilience on, on your part. And so how did you, how, how did, how did you rebound from, from kind of that negative experience? I think I, I need to just tell you again that, yeah, it's, I mean, my dream job, <laughs> I have been wanting to be a teacher forever. And this campus has been providing me a great opportunity for so many things. And we have so many great faculty members here and I love my colleagues. So those just, just reality. I'm in a good environment, that little, thing that one time thing in in that spring 2018 no i'm here for a better reason and also i really do believe i i cannot when it comes to with special education like educating students with disabilities and advocating for students with disabilities and being strong and being persistent that that's what the special education is about so yeah so many weird things can be happening right it's a human society so many things can be happening but deep down inside i have love for people and i really do believe more people should be aware of the needs of students with disabilities so i cannot just simply go away i'm i'm here i'm going to stay to be here and i believe I'm making little difference here and there every single day. Nowadays, I'm working with my student who uh, studied students with disabilities on campus about how they do those college students with disabilities. So nowadays, even more, I'm thinking, wow, I have a good reason to be here. And my student conducted a study before, but maybe I need to contact the Student Disability Office and continue the study to find out how, what kind of experiences our students with disabilities are having on this campus, right on this campus, right on my eyes. Yeah, I think that's a really important um, field of work right now, especially as we are past year two of COVID-19 and students are still adapting to their own needs and um, the needs in the classroom. I, I love what you have been talking about with, I'm here, I'm staying, I'm not going away and I have work to do. And so as I think many of us are finishing up this semester right now and already either thinking about our summer vacations or thinking toward fall semester, I always get this like tick of what can I improve starting in the fall before my semester is even over. What, what would you say 
to an instructor, a new instructor or an experienced instructor? What's the one thing you want that instructor to have in their, in their head going into the fall semester? If you could give us one piece of advice to think about, start fresh, uh, go into the fall. What are we going to do? Uh, I have exactly two pieces. Okay, give one me is, two. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd love one to. Is again, yeah, just acting out of human decency toward student, faculty, and staff. And also the second thing I say to myself a lot, I have never told anyone this, but like I mentioned before, don't waste student time, energy, and money. For me, even when I go to conference presentations or even for my that one hour, 15 minute undergraduate course, before going in, I usually just think to myself, make this time worthwhile for them to sit there and listen to me and try to be just working so hard, make their time worthwhile. That's great. That's great. I, and Katie, I loved your question. I, I can remember back when we used to do final exams in our course instead of final projects, how like when my students were taking their final, I would be up there designing my syllabus yes. for, the, for the next semester. I've been doing that right now, this, this week, actually. Yeah. And it's, man, well, I think about that, that don't waste people's time, energy, or money. Right. And that's something that I, I think is so important for us to think about, not just in the context of the entire semester, but every day when we walk mm-hmm. into the classroom, what value are we bringing in there? And it sounds, Professor Cho, like you are bringing a tremendous amount of value to your university and to your students' uh, classroom, in, in classroom and outside of the classroom. Yeah, and I just want to I just want to say that I appreciate you talking about the human decency and and treating our students with respect. And uh, I I feel like you you're a great colleague. I wish I wish you were on my campus with me, so that well, we could we could interact more. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. And Katie. We appreciate it. So I'm inspired. And that's the point of this podcast. So thank you, Professor Cho. We really appreciate your time on a transformative teaching presented by FACET at IU. We'll see you all again for our episode four.